0: Grab your cocktail shaker, kick back, and get ready for the Big Fat Party. Greg and his band of unintelligibles are back mixing, drinking, reviewing, and discussing Bloody Marys and all that goes with them. My Big Fat Bloody Mary podcast, where you'll never drink alone.
1: Welcome to my Big Fat Bloody Mary podcast, where you will never drink alone. We're coming to you from the studios of the Bloody Mary concert series, where we have some exciting shows to announce very soon. We are being fueled by La Crosse Distillery's Field Notes Organic Vodka, whose corn-based vodka is just that, 100% Midwestern organic yellow-dent corn. Besides the yeast and the enzymes they use to break down the sugars in the corn, there's nothing else used to make this spirit double distilled and filtered for an easy finish. Well, hot damn, guess who we got here today? <laughs> yeah, Christian is here from the La Crosse Distillery. He is an enigma wrapped in mystery. You know, He, he was going to be here, then he wasn't here, but on it, he's here. Welcome aboard. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is great. And he came in with... Uh, bunch of vodka and even a little bit of gin. So, you know, you can always get into the studio if you're carrying that stuff. Uh, so what, um, what do you do over at the Lacrosse Distillery?
0: So they kind of, they gave me a fancy name. Oh, uh, awesome. Yeah, they gave me a name called Brand Ambassador. So, yes. yeah, I thought, it, you know, when I came on board, it was kind of nice to have that fancy name. But what I basically do is support our distributors across the state and help sell the product. Yeah. Making people brand aware.
1: Nice. Well, and we are happy to be partnering with you in that endeavor. You know, we do our best to get the word out, too, because you got a great vodka, and uh, we love fueling our show with it. Thanks for including us. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And, yeah, I want to talk some more about uh, vodkas. Uh, Before I do that, I want to hit on... This Bloody Mary enthusiasts unite partnership that we have. I don't know, Christian, if you're a member of that group, if you're not, you should get on there. It's a lot of fun. It's like 37,000 people who love Bloody Marys, and it's a constant stream of pictures of Bloody Marys. I, today there was one of a naked woman drinking a Bloody Mary. I had to pull that. <laughs> but yeah, it mostly it's pretty legit though.
0: I <laughs> there don't... was. Yeah, I am part of that. Thanks to you. And find myself down that rabbit hole a lot of days checking everything out. Exactly.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And we're working on another giveaway. I just was talking with the the sponsor this morning. Uh, I won't say who it is, but uh, we're looking at a pretty cool prize that they're going to be giving away. So, you know, stay tuned for that. And I'm doing my own little giveaway. Um, I've got these stickers. I don't know. Did you see those? Yeah, I absolutely uh, have
0: one myself. And well, one on my guitar case, too. Have a few more if you want them. Well, With thank a, you. A couple
1: extra here. But uh, I'm going to give away uh, five packs of those. Um, five packs of five. And uh, what we're going to do is, you won't see this on the page, but people listening here are going to know... If they post a picture of their Bloody Mary in the Bloody Mary Enthusiast Unite group, and then they just hashtag it MBFBM, you know, my big fat Bloody Mary, and then I'll find it. And the first five people who do that will get a five pack of these stickers. So awesome. Kind of small potatoes, but you know, they're nice stickers, doggone it. Yeah. Last episode, we uh, reviewed Southern Roots with Mike Scott, a, a mix that we liked an awful lot. Today, we're we're going to review Lovejoys, which is a brand I've been familiar with for a while, a company that uh, I think is pretty cool. And uh, Christian, I'm glad you're along to kind of help us with that. Glad to be a part. Yeah. So, speaking of vodka, uh, I know you're a Bloody Mary guy. I've known you for a long time, and you've worked at some iconic places here in town and crafting your own Bloody Marys. And I think in one of our conversations, you even mentioned that When you're crafting this vodka, you're thinking about how it might work in a Bloody Mary.
0: Absolutely. You know, one thing nice is I do feel like the vodka does play a part in the flavor profile of the Bloody Mary. Yeah. Um, Definitely, you know, one thing that's nice about ours being that 100% corn. It's got a touch of sweetness to it from the extra sugars that are in that corn. So it can definitely enhance some of the herbs and spices that you're putting into the Bloody Mary mix.
1: And we're going to do it today. Uh, we always start without the spirit, and we taste the mix, and then we add it. And it is amazing to me how it can affect. There are, there are some mixes that it doesn't have a huge effect. Uh, and there are some mixes that kind of start falling flat, but a lot of them come alive. And you mentioned the sweetness. A lot of them, if I'm just drinking it straight, and I sometimes do, I don't necessarily think, wow, that's really a sweet vodka. But when you put it into a Bloody Mary mix all of a sudden that mix can become just a little bit sweeter anyway so i'm fascinated by all of that you probably would understand why that happens better than i would
0: (laughs) yeah you know another thing that's kind of neat about bloody mary mixes i always kind of look when i'm creating crafting a bloody mary mix for uh to drink i always kind of look at it as like almost like the different styles of barbecue sauce Mm-hmm. Um, you have your Kansas City, your Carolina, your Texas, your Tennessee. So it's kind of nice to look at that, and I, li- I like the different styles of it, too. You know, Bloody Mary mixes can get very thick. They can be thin, which is almost like your Kansas City, which is a little more sweeter style. And then your Carolina, which is more tangy, vinegar-based. Texas, mm-hmm. a little spicy. Louisiana, kind of Cajun. Tennessee, obviously yeah. using whiskey in there. So. hmm it's kind of nice to look at it that way, and then that kind of can play off on the spirit adding to that enhancement, too. Yep. I
1: mean, chemists have analyzed cocktails and pretty much conclusively uh, said that the Bloody Mary is the most complex cocktail out there. I mean, there are just so many variables, so many factors, you know. I mean, a martini, there's kind of a certain way I make that, and it's, yep. hopefully it's always going to be pretty much the same. But, yeah, you almost celebrate how different Bloody Marys can be. in.
0: <laughs> Freestyling.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the one we've got today, I'll confess I have tried this before, and I already know that I like it. Uh, about four or five weeks ago, we reviewed um, Lovejoy's Thai Basil. That's their newest flavor. That one knocked it out of the park at the uh, Drunken Tomato Awards. did the original Um, let's see this last year they won a platinum in the unique category for their Thai basil they won a silver uh, in the unique category for this original that we'll be doing today the St. Paul Bloody Mary festival they won best original Bloody Mary mix for their Thai basil and they won the People's Choice Award so they've really cleaned up on the awards so, yeah, I've talked with Charles, the owner, uh, the guy who started it, and read some of the uh, materials that he sent me and from his website. A few quotes here the company story their products are handmade uh, by the 20 year veteran bartender Charles Lovejoy. They make it in small batches. They never do more than 60 gallons at a time, and it's painstakingly crafted into a full flavored. Balanced beverage I would agree with that it balance. I think is huge with a Bloody Mary mix and and that's been my experience with this mix And what we're having today is their original. I mentioned the Thai basil Uh, they describe this as a unique blend of fresh herbs vegetables spices and fruit it hits all the notes of your classic Bloody Mary But then goes a little further Brunch crowd tested and award winning,
0: they say. So. <laughs> I love that brunch crowd tested. Yeah, I mean
1: that's where it really matters. Well, let's uh, let's take this bad boy out. I'm gonna hand it over to Christian. Awesome. Take a look at that. Give us your impressions for the people that.
0: I love the on packaging it, on it. Yeah. I love for one that you can see everything in the bottle too. It's always nice yeah. to be able to check that out. You know, I think a lot of times. People get you know a little overbearing on what they're putting in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big uh, advocate for keeping things somewhat simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it looks like it's a very nice consistency in there, which is the first thing that lights up my eyes. So yeah, yeah. There's a there's a
1: a lot of suspended ingredients that are uh, kind of floating around there, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it is. It's a nice looking bottle. It's not yeah. a ton of labeling that obscures your ability to to see. Yeah, that is. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Ingredients: tomato juice from concentrate, um, filtered water, horseradish, distilled vinegar. Uh, I'm skipping through a little bit, but celery seed, strawberries, dillweed, lemon juice, tomatillos, chives, lime juice, black pepper, garlic. Red pepper flakes, onions, carrots. I mean, this is not your father's Bloody Mary mix.
0: I, no. the guy clearly put a little bit more into this. And I like to, you know, the acidity in there too with the lime juice and you know yep. vinegar is a huge one. A lot of so many people like yeah. pickle juice is great, um, mm-hmm. pepperoncini juice, and that's adding that acidity yeah. to, and the vinegar base to it. Yeah, that just works so good in a bloody. Yeah, I think so too.
1: I always put something along those lines in, yeah. in mine. You want to give it a taste, or should I just keep yakking all day? I, I think we taste it. You want to taste it? <laughs> hey, I went ahead and put a little bit of the rim salt on half our glasses, so we can try it without the rim salt first. But uh, I should point out, they do make a very interesting rim seasoning. And uh, it's most of them look a little different. This has got tiny little leaves, and yeah. it's very uh, herbaceous looking. But, uh, yeah, let's pour a little. We'll try it without
0: What a professional move too, doing half of the glass.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's not my first rodeo, (laughs) Christian. There we go. Let's give that a try. Cheers. Yeah. Hey, cheers. I wouldn't describe it as thick. You know, it's a thinner, thinner mix, consistency wise. Yeah, there's a lot of flavor there. Christian's expert
0: palate is there working. I can see the steam coming out of his brain. I really like it. It's, you know, right up front, I get a lot of chili spice, like, you know, your your base of chilies that, you know, especially a lot of us up here in the Midwest with our winters that seem to last forever, especially Mm -hmm. this last one. Yeah, no kidding. We make a lot of chili up here and I get a lot of that chili spice right up front, which is nice with a really nice lingering spice that's not too abrasive up front and it kind of yeah. just hangs there for a little bit and slowly fades off. It's nice. Yeah, it's kind of an even spice. Some of them hit the back, some of them hit the front. This is kind of just working its way all the way
1: back, the roof of the mouth, and but like you see, not overpowering, but definitely keeps your attention. It's great. You know what uh, it would make taste really good? A beer chaser.
0: Oh, yes,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Christian, you're from Wisconsin too. You appreciate the value yeah. of a beer chaser. We know how to do our bloodies right in the Midwest, don't we? Damn straight. We're known for it, really, yeah. throughout the country. So, we're having a Driftless Brewing Company's uh, Cow Cult Milk Stout. So, Driftless Brewing Company is a new uh, partner of the podcast. And they're out of Soldiers Grove, Wisconsin. It's a local southwest Wisconsin brewery and a destination taproom. They focus on supporting local regional farms, co-ops, and businesses with their ingredient purchases. This is kind of cool. 80 to 90% of their ingredients are locally sourced. So I'm happy to drink their beer.
0: Absolutely, me too. Kind of, you know, good pairing with... uh... What we do with our rock and everything too at the across distilling company too, we use all local farmers. So yeah, what an awesome pairing! And they have a beautiful facility down there at Driftless Brewing Company. It's it's an awesome spot. Yeah, I got to visit. I confess I haven't been there yet, but
1: uh, I've heard from people who have, and it sounds oh. like it's a real nice destination. So pretty heavy beer
0: here. Yeah, uh, I I love it. See, you? stouts I think are a great chaser yeah. I, I was always one back in the day who liked doing even root beer as a chaser for oh, bloody. sure sure it really can enhance a lot of that spices going on but i i love using stout in a chili base too yeah and with the profile that this has going on i, I love it yeah it does seem like a good
1: pairing you know even a broken clock is right two times a day christian so i i might have got this one right
0: yeah i think you, know. you i think you nailed it
1: yeah yeah <laughs> But this is, yeah, really a nice beer. Um, I've got it chilled probably a little more than a purist would for this type of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still kind of like it that way. But uh, I
0: do, too. Hopefully I haven't offended you. No, nope, not <laughs> at all. I like drinking a nice yeah. cold beer.
1: Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people assume that you want like a light Pilsner, you know, as a chaser, which a lot of times that is great. This one's got enough flavor going on where I, I don't think it's going to get canceled out by a little more substantial beer flavor. Yeah, I really I love this mix, and uh, yeah, they they really uh, kick butt at the awards. As I mentioned, they uh, they got a platinum, they got
0: a uh,
1: a gold, they got a silver. They were in twenty twenty one as well.
0: I'm just pounding this thing. Right? I am too, and it, but yeah. it, it's one of those that too. It's it makes you want to go back for another sip. I yeah. love it. Very savory, very complex.
1: Um, definitely catching a little bit of garlic there, too. Um, yeah, really nice, really nice. How about we put an ice cube in it and add a little vodka? Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, let's go ahead and add Field Notes Organic Vodka to our mix here. Okay. Say when.
0: Right. all right yeah we put a lot of work into the vodka um yeah you know do from tell. when we opened three and a half years it's been already which is kind of crazy to it's think so about great. i was i'm uh, not there from the start but been with them for uh, around in the corner in two years now mm-hmm. started out with potato vodka um had switched over to corn. We found, you know, we got Meadowlark Organics down by uh, Dodgeville, Wisconsin is where a lot of our corn comes from. A lot of our grains are coming from McHugh Farms up in Holman. Uh, you know, we, we pride ourselves on being a certified organic distillery, but still making a quality product too at a reasonable price. So yeah, um, the local farmer thing is huge for us. You know, keep yeah. the carbon footprint down, nothing's traveling far. Get good local ingredients. With a great product that's come a long way, and yeah. super, you know, excited to see where the vodka's at these days. We put a lot of work into it. Mitch, yeah. our distiller and assistant distiller Jordan down there have really put you know a lot of work into this, and it,
1: yeah, it, and it shows. You know, this is a vodka. As I've said, I can throw it over ice with a little bit of lime, sip on it, make a martini. You know, and it stands up. And I do like the price point. So. If somebody went into a Woodman's or a festival around here, uh, wh- what would it be on the shelf most likely? Right around eighteen ninety nine, yeah, about it. Yeah. So pretty reasonable. Yeah. I mean, you could pay a lot more than that for a, a good vodka like this. I'm
0: trying to really stay competitive on that price point
1: there. So I, you, I gave us a fairly heavy pour, and a lot of vodkas, you might not be able to get
0: away with that. You'd yep. be tasting a little more of the vodka. It doesn't do anything to it, actually. No. It's, and that was, a, I was kind of interested to see what it would do to mm-hmm. this flavor profile on this mix, and it yeah didn't do anything. No, no. It, it, all the flavors
1: seem to have held up. It I suppose is a little bit thinner, yep. a little bit thinner now, but I'm still getting the chili. Uh, I'm still getting that slow burn heat. Maybe a
0: tad less of the heat, but yeah, wow, interesting. Yeah, I love this style. You know, I'm a, I'm a big uh, fan of Liam per- Leah Perrin's Worcestershire sauce, and yeah. yeah. I always feel like if you don't have something good, mm-hmm. that can definitely enhance everything. And yes, you get a lot of bases that have that in there, and that they've found a way to really get a great backbone to this mix mm-hmm. without that big Worcestershire right right flavor profile to it yep it's got the umami for sure yeah again
1: this is one i could drink a few of these oh yeah you know? it's not one of those real thick spaghetti sauce you know hit you over the head sweaty hot you know like you could you could go golfing and bring this along and Absolutely. A few of them, yeah. You've
0: created an instant fan yeah. right here. Uh, I hey, can that's tell what,
1: you that. part of what we're here for. The other part is to save people from going down the wrong road. <laughs> <laughs> and we have had a few of those, too, a few, few clinkers. And if I can take the hit for somebody so that they don't have to, we're happy to do that, too. Hey, did you try the um, the rim salt yet? I'm just, yeah. I am just kind of forgot about it. You know, look, a good rim salt almost is like adding a third dimension. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and this is a pretty good one. I think he matched it specifically to complement his mix. You know, it's not like a generic, uh, you mm-hmm. know, rim salt. Yeah, that's nice. I like it with the with the salt.
0: And so. the nice thing about the salt is, is that chili really hits you fast up front, and that salt kind of mellows that out, and then it kind of mm-hmm. comes in the background to it. Mm-hmm. And this beer is a great... I I am very pleased. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I
1: I wasn't sure to be honest. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a good pairing, but it definitely is. Yeah, and I have really become a big fan of uh, the Driftless Brewing Company. We've had I guess we've had two of theirs. We had their pale ale and their IPA, and those were both real good too. So I'm a fan.
0: Great work down there.
1: Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Well, I think we ought to just enjoy these, take our time. You notice I poured them pretty full yeah and uh thank you for that yeah hey anytime anytime really um so let's let's just kind of relax and enjoy these and what i want to do next is try it with uh, some whiskey and uh, so charles himself encouraged me he says this mix really takes off if you mix it with a whiskey or bourbon So uh, we're gonna try it, and I mentioned that to Christian when he came in, and he turned right around, went back to his car, and what what did you bring in here?
0: So I brought in uh, it's so we kind of we're kind of a house of brands at La Crosse Distilling Company. Mm -hmm. Um, So field notes is our clears. Uh, You're obviously very familiar with the vodka. Yep. Brought you some of our new labeled gin today, which is. we switched over the label to a green and gold label, kind of it's a Wisconsin good looking, base. Yeah, it looks, it looks great. And our gin is an American uh, style gin, very citrus, very floral. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons I brought it for you, citrus obviously works really yeah. good with the bloody. Uh, and then we have our downtown Toodaloo Rock and Rye, which is a definitely in a, a yeah. diff, different category. You know, yeah. It's got a lot of the it got crystallized honey, maple syrup, lemon, orange, and cranberry. Uh, that's just a great sipping one over ice, makes a great old fashioned, too. But the one I brought you is the first that we've released that's not actually our juice. One of the reasons it's called Robber's Rye. And if you look at the label, it's got a wolf yeah. and sheep's clothing on there because it does. <laughs> we don't want to, you know, steer anybody thinking that it's ours. In a way, we consider it as like a, a stepchild for us because we've been aging yeah. it in the barrels since it was about, you know, six, seven months old. Mm-hmm. Um, the juice came from Death's Door down out of Monroe and they had been bought out. New ownership didn't want uh, the barrels, so we had the opportunity to buy some. We bought 190 of them and had nice. a couple days only to figure out how to ship 190 <laughs> barrels up here and where are we going to put them. So yeah. they are actually now residing in our uh, barrel house where we have all of our own Rise and Bourbons aging at this time, too, which are going to be yeah. coming down the road. which people ask on a daily basis when are your bourbons coming out as you know um but this is a straight rye whiskey it's it's a maryland rye um and people are always you know so it's maryland rye it's actually become a style of whiskey uh to be a maryland rye it's a higher corn mash bill in it so i always tell people because you know, a lot of times people when you talk to them about rye whiskey they are kind of afraid a little bit. Rye can be very spicy and earthy and grassy. Yeah. So this is kind of a nice stepping stone for people. It's got 44% corn in the mash bill, 51% rye with 5% malt. Right. uh malted barley. So it's got this nice sweet tones to it from that 44% corn in there. Still has a touch of that rye spice and a little bit of the earthiness. So it's yeah. kind of like the best of both worlds. Yeah. It's a good stepping stone for people if they want to get into drinking rye, which are really picking up steam right now. I've noticed.
1: <clears throat> and we may or may not have tried a little bit of it straight before <laughs> we started recording. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really good stuff. Um, so maybe... Explain to me and, and our listeners a little, like, the difference, like, what makes a whiskey a bourbon versus a, you know, a rye uh, or a mash? Um. Absolutely.
0: Um, I, this is kind of my thing. I love it. Yeah. So um, to be bourbon, uh, it's got to be at least 51% corn. Okay. Uh, it has to be aged in new American charred white oak. Um, kind of the nice thing about our... Bourbon, it's going in white oak barrels from Caledonia, Minnesota, so just across the river. Mm. Uh, to be a straight bourbon, it needs to be aged for at least two years. Okay. Anything under five years, it has to be age statement. And that means if you blend three barrels together, and let's say one is four years, the other are six and seven, you still have to put four years on the label. Oh. So a lot of the big whiskey connoisseurs... Really don't want to see an age statement on there. Then, you know, for sure, every bit of the juice in there has been aged at least five years. Yeah. Um, Rye is just that 51% rye you got to have at least in that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the bourbon we we've tried a lot of different recipes that we've used, the stuff we have aging, we have some hundred percent corn bourbons out there. We have some with some different rye varietals that we've used with some malt in it. And it's interesting to see them progress. They're at about three and a half years right now. We mm-hmm. pretty much want to get to that five year mark. We might do a special release in between then. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I I kind of took a liking to it. I've really started to get into rye more now too, and we've been putting a lot more rye in barrels out there. But we have a yeah awesome collection of barrels accumulating out yeah. there at the at the barrel house. Nice, nice. Yeah, I like a good rye too, and um,
1: I have a friend who's a big whiskey guy, and whenever he comes over, uh, he'll make me a Manhattan, and his he swears by like a hundred proof or better rye. For his Manhattans. And real easy on the vermouth and a little bit of bitters. And, uh, yeah, they're nice.
0: Yeah, a good Manhattan, you got to make them right, too. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I'm always a fan, as the Robbers is a barrel-strength Um when Destor did those barrels, they barreled them at about 101 proof, kind of a really fun, unique fact of aging barrels in Wisconsin and the natural elements Yeah. is our climate up here allows the barrel to, in the winter, you're squeezing out those staves, all the juice is getting squeezed out. So we found if we harvest in the winter time, the juice is a little sweeter mm. and you get a bigger harvest. In the summer, those staves soak all the juice up. But the neat thing is, is that the whiskey comes out about almost exactly as the proof you put it in. And so they barrel theirs at 101 proof. Ours is coming anywhere from 100 to 102 proof when we pull out the juice that they did. Um, you go down to Kentucky, it's really um, dry down there. yeah. So they lose water content and the proof alcohol proof goes up. And you're always going to get some angel share, which is lost to the, to the angels. Um, but then if you go down South, like let's say you go down into rum area, they actually lose, uh, alcohol. So it goes down. So a lot of times you'll see in Kentucky area, the bourbons and stuff would be, you can only put a bourbon in at 125 proof or less. That is the laws. Yep. So a lot of those Kentucky bourbons, you'll see them at 131, 132 proof, where uh, up here, if you put it in at 125, we found most of ours are staying around that 125 proof mark, but hmm. it's kind of neat. Yeah, these were at around 101. So they're coming out around that and, they're nice. I think it drinks yeah. nice that way too.
1: Wow! Yeah, there you go. There's the deep dive. Most podcasts are not going to give you that that <laughs> kind of level of information about a spirit. Thank you. I, I really this oh, is absolutely. great. I, yeah, I'm humbled by your knowledge. It's really fun. Well, let's let's finish up what we've got here with our organic field notes vodka, and and we'll try it with some some of the rye. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do as Charles advises, and uh, Christian, if you would grace us with a bit of the rye, let's uh, let's let's give that a try. I'm gonna mention while you're you're pouring, uh, this mix retails at about fourteen bucks a bottle, and. You know, we've been doing a lot of these... That nice pour, thank you. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, we got to see uh,
0: what the whiskey holds up to this. Yeah.
1: Hold my calls here. Um, but yeah, So, you know, we've been reviewing... A lot of what we've reviewed have been what I would call a craft mix. Clearly, this is a, you know, a small batch craft mix. And 15 bucks not uncommon, you know. I can remember a time where that would stop me in my tracks, but... <laughs> God, they're all running in that price range for a good one. So, um, and I'm just I'm going to get a little bit ahead of my normal format and say I would buy it. You know, w- would you buy it? One hundred percent. If you went into the your, your store and
0: yeah, I already probably have a I probably already have a text out going up to Saint Paul area to try to get the some down here. Yeah. So the
1: distribution right now, they're pretty much in the Twin Cities area. They haven't ventured real far out and. Uh, you know, I'm going to do what I can uh, to help them expand that distribution, just for selfish reasons. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I hope that it gets figured out. I'd love to have them here. Yep. No. It went a little heavy on the pour. for <laughs> 102 proof uh, whiskey. But. Oh,
1: boy. I might have to walk down to Happy Hour. Ooh
0: really nice it's really nice it mellowed out some of the spice oh it did the it did not no and this is Pardon. i'm trying to wrap my head around it because the robbers actually has a little bit of spice to it yeah and somehow it muted some of the spice in the mix exactly
1: exactly and it's almost like a caramely sort of a flavor that took
0: the place of that spice uh, it added a ton to it yeah it's it's mm. funny the play that it's doing on this mix because it added like almost a savoriness to it. Definitely. Yep.
1: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think Charles is right. I think this might be the way to drink it.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I recommend 102 proof whiskey in it, <laughs> but
1: <laughs> and filling the glass two thirds full. I mean, we are trained professionals. You we know, please, are. Don't don't try this yourself. As you said
0: before, Charles is a 20 year veteran bartender. Right. I can actually say the same thing. Uh, 20 years I was in that industry. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've worked. He knows his, what he's doing. He does. He does, and you do too. I know what I'm
1: doing. I'm, I'm drinking a delicious Bloody Mary. <laughs> I'm getting pretty good at that part anyway.
0: This would um, be an expensive Bloody Mary with uh, yeah. the barrel strength whiskey. Yeah, the $15. Yeah. <laughs>
1: We're, we are living large, aren't we? We are. Yeah. God, maybe we I should. I think let that limbo's gonna the limbo's
0: gonna pick you up out front for your happy hour visit. Yep. <laughs> I think that's a good plan. <laughs> Call
1: up my driver. <laughs> Um, I want to touch on one, one thing that I, I sort of alluded to earlier, but so with each bottle of Lovejoy's mix that's sold, um, they have a specific benefit corporation. They donate to uh, support nonprofit organizations that are on the front lines of caring for at-risk youth and unhoused people.
0: How freaking cool is that? Cheers to Charles on that yeah. one. Yeah. I'll drink to that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Cheers. Nice. nice work.
1: Yeah, boy, that's such a problem, you know, people who don't have a house. Goddamn. Well, I'm going to, oh, my God, I'm going to savor this and enjoy it. And uh, everybody else can just take off, you know. Kristen and I are going to sit here drinking for a little while. Next week, we've got a pretty interesting mix. It's Rob Saul's. It's just called Bloody Mary. Like, his label just says Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. But the guy is Rob Saul, and I appeared on his podcast here last, last week, if you want to look up Rob Saul's uh, on YouTube. But it's a concentrate. It comes in a, looks like a little hip flask, and um, it's pretty pretty interesting. I'm looking forward to reviewing that. So, Christian, man, I want to thank you for coming. This is great. And if you ever want to come back, we, we'd love to have you. Uh, and thanks everybody for listening. Don't forget to jump onto the Bloody Mary Enthusiast Unite. Uh, if you want to get some of those stickers, all you got to do is do that hashtag. What is the acronym? My Big Fat Bloody Mary. You know, just, just take the first letter of each of those. I, I can't string all those together right now. I've got Not it at this point. right. <laughs> but uh, so you might just get a five pack of those stickers. And then we are doing another promo on there where we're, we're going to give away. 10 bottles of a particular mix that uh, is really good. I'll tell you more about that next time. So, thanks for listening.
0: Cheers. Thanks for having me.